You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So we used to be news anchors at competing television stations. But no matter where we live, we'll always be the best of friends. So tell our listeners why we decided to call this The Ladies Room. It's that place where you get yourself together, laugh, cry, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, we definitely know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal women doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. We're on air in the ladies' room. So we are so excited to welcome to the ladies' room Stephanie Simpson. She is, yes, round of applause. <laughs> um, you wear many hats. You are a coach, a consultant, an artist, also a fellow Emersonian. We graduated together uh, from Yay. Emerson many, many years ago. Welcome to the ladies' room. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. <laughs> all right. So before we get started, I want to know the story. Did y'all did y'all graduate together? What's the story behind this? Yeah, we graduated together. You were in broadcast journalism. Mm -hmm. I had like created my own major. <laughs> um, and I think like, I don't even know. I mean, Emerson has so many clubs. So like, it was like through a club and then friends. Also, did you work in admissions? Yes, all four years. <laughs> right. So there was like that where I worked in missions my last year um, at the school. And so I think it was just like, you know, and Emerson is one of those places where we always joke, you might not know everybody personally, but you knew everybody's face and you knew of them. And you probably had only one person in connection based on how active everybody was at that school. Absolutely. You know, Bring, bring us back to you creating your own major. I didn't realize that. I think, you know, that says a lot about your personality. Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny that you should say that because I've been talking a lot to people around like, how do you job craft, right? And I was Ooh. like, I feel like I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> and now everything makes sense. So I actually transferred to Emerson my sophomore year. I came in as a TV video production major, which is a whole other story in like resilience and just taking a leap of faith. I had transferred from a BFA dance program that I just wasn't happy where I was. And I was like, okay, I'm going to transfer. And I only applied to two schools, Emerson being one of them. And I applied for a performing arts major and didn't get into that major, but got into my second choice, which I had just randomly said, TV video production looks fun. And <laughs> didn't really know anything about it, right? And so got in and was like, you know, I just, I need a change. And so went to Emerson and it was the best decision I made. When I got there, I loved my TV video production classes, though I really missed dancing and performing. So I asked if I could minor in dance and the head of the program at the time, Janet Kraft was like, sure, but like you already have enough credits for the minor, but you can make your own major. Did you know that? And I was like, no, I, I didn't. How does that go? And so they have an IDIP, which is like interdisciplinary something project. I don't remember what it stands for. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well throw everything in that I want to do. So I did the dance theater program, TV video production, and then marketing kind of with an emphasis in PR. And I had to like create my own curriculum. I had to write the reason why this couldn't just be like a triple major, um, why it really needed to be something that was its own thing. And then 
talk about all the different classes I was going to take and get it approved by multiple people in each department and then a team of people from IDIP. So, and then I knew I wanted to do the LA program. So I had to like finagle that in there as well. Um, and I just remember going on like leading tours and people being like, how does all that work together? And I was like, oh, it makes complete sense to me. Like get on board. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's how that all happened. Awesome. And it makes sense because you're wearing many hats right now. I guess talk to um, our listeners and viewers just about, you know, what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, currently I have my own coaching company, which I am going to expand more upon come 2021, which is really exciting. Uh, and the coaching um, company I have is really from a holistic mind, body, spirit perspective. And I partner with people and companies and businesses on how to redefine their relationship with stress and fear and seeing as which those tend to be like the two major obstacles we see in life. And we, we don't really want to get rid of them because they're really good teachers, but it's about how do we redefine our relationship with them so that we can live courageously, authentically, and have a full life, both professionally and personally. And so I do that with my one-to-one clients. I have um, businesses and organizations, and then I work for a couple of other coaching companies um, as an independent contractor for them, um, as well as working in a private school right now as their director of coaching, and then continuing to teach dance and theater and what I really realized over the years was that dance and theater and the arts was one of the vehicles through which I was able to do my purpose. Mm -hmm. And yet my purpose and now coaching has really kind of shifted into, Oh, this is now the vehicle. Um, So when I say like job crafting, I just throughout my story, I've just tried to find ways to do my purpose, you know, and, and that looks different in the vehicle yet the intention behind it has always been the same. And that's to hold space for people so that they could really understand themselves more deeply so that they can align with themselves um, in a better way so that they can just be better and feel good (laughs) at what they're doing. And there's so much, first of all, to unpack with everything that you just said. I'm like, oh, I want to delve into this and delve into that. First though, let's talk about purpose because I think with this pandemic, so many of us are really trying to pivot. I think that's become really the word for 2020 and find out what we need to do. What's our purpose? There's job loss. You know, a lot of people are realizing life is short. Let me find out what I really want to do. How do we find our purpose and really align our goals with that purpose? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a great question. And I don't think that the answer I give will even be enough for all of that. But what comes up for me about that is, yeah, this last nine months have been hard, right? Like, I just want to acknowledge that they have, yes. it has been hard. Um, when people ask how I'm doing, I say, oh, well, I'm doing COVID well. And it was something I'm stealing from somebody else. And I don't, it was a, a colleague of mine where it was like, you know, some days I feel really good. Some days I don't. However, I'm healthy. I I currently am employed, you know, so I am doing COVID well, but that doesn't mean that there are some days where I'm like, I don't want to get off my couch, right? And and that's okay. So I want to mm. I want to acknowledge that. Um, that we as human beings have multiple emotions 
and complex emotions and they can all be together at the same time and we can acknowledge all of those. We can be super happy and excited and really nervous and scared and tired. <laughs> all of those yes. can coexist. So in that, I do think that this, what has come to the surface is like, it's going to sound gross, but like, you know how, when you have that pimple and the dirt finally comes to the surface and you're like, Oh, I have to actually, I have to do something about this. Mm. Like it's here at the surface. I feel like COVID has done that for a lot of us in a lot of different ways as individuals, as companies, as institutions, as a society. And it's like that dirt has come to the surface mm. and it's those of us that are choosing to not like ignore it, but like go, okay, how can I work through this? Now, some of us may pop it. Some of us may like put some toothpaste on it. Some of us may like put a hot compress. We all have different ways, right? But not acknowledging it's there is, is probably not the best way to go, in my opinion. From there, it's like acknowledging what's important to me. I think that's a really big thing that has come up, right? Like what's important to me. So I know for something I was struggling with, and I'll be very honest, I go to therapy. I work with a coach myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was like, thank God therapy went, you know, virtual because I don't know what I would have done without that. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need more community and connection. How can I do that? Right. And so that's where the coaching really came in and for me was like, here's what, here's where I am now. Here's my A. My B is I want more community and connection. How do I get there? Those are meaningful to me. How can I create more community and connection in the products and the services I offer? Right. So for people who then feel overwhelmed, like I don't even know. Right. I mean, it's, you do, I, that's what I would say is you actually do know because it's there you just might not have the tools right now on how to get quiet and listen. And you might actually just be really afraid to verbalize it. Right. Um, and things that people can do, I mean, journaling, right? Like to me, journaling is like a safe place where you don't even have to read it if you don't want to after you write it. Right. Um, just to kind of get things out and then start seeing connections. Like what words keep coming up to you? And then like, get curious about those words. And then, you know, just continuously stay curious is actually a big thing that, that I would say. And then reach out to people you feel comfortable with and safe with to be like, you know, this word of like, like, I really had a fun time baking. This is not me because I did not bake, but like, I really had a fun time baking during quarantine. And like, I saw how that really connected with, you know, my culture and like getting and understanding my culture more, maybe I can like create zoom things where I'm doing, you know, and so starting it in a way that doesn't see that's almost, um, seems low stakes, right. Can then turn into something that, that you'd never even imagined. Right. So, um, I don't even know if I fully answered that, but I think it's about getting curious, getting quiet, not judging yourself. Mm, Sometimes we judge ourselves the most, right? Like, oh, I can't tell people I want to do that. They're going to think I'm like just crazy or that this is a stupid idea. Well, no one said that yet except for yourself, right? Um, so that that's what I would say. I love those. That's amazing. Should have bought my notepad and take, take right. some notes. <laughs> we'll play it back later. Yes. And take notes from there. Um, in addition to purpose, your other just area of specialty 
um, if that's what we want to call it, is stress. Obviously, this mm -hmm. is a stressful time for many people for the reasons that we already stated, in addition to already, you know, the holidays, you mm -hmm. know, and with a pandemic, you're not, you're away from family and friends and all of that. I guess, what advice or what tips could you share on how people manage stress or how do you help them to kind of manage mm -hmm. stress and stressful situations and times of year and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So one of the reasons I started studying stress a couple of years ago in a master's program I was doing was like, I just, I myself felt stressed all the time. And I just kept hearing colleagues and clients and students I was working with always saying, I'm so out. I'm so stressed out. And if only I can get to this, I'll be fine. Right. And then they get to that and then something else would happen. And I was like, okay, well, so let's figure out if this is actually really stress. Right. Um, and so I did a deep dive research in, it was my thesis in, in that program. And what I found out is that a lot of things that we call stress, we could actually back up and realize that it's actually fear or it's actually worry, or it's actually anxiety, right? So um, I teach now a class um, at John Jay College on stress management here in New York City. And um, one of the things we talk about is that the point of stress management is not to eliminate stress. We actually need a certain level of stress, an amount of stress in order to perform optimally in wow. our lives. So it's about finding your sweet spot, right? Like if you think of a bell curve, it's like finding that sweet spot. If you don't have enough stress, you're going to be bored. You're going to disengage. Um, and you're just, it's going to feel really like lethargic. Like I don't really care, right? This is where that purpose thinks comes in too. Like I don't have anything I'm excited about, right? Um, as soon as we start getting excited about things, like stress is also a biological, physiological reaction. And we'll mm -hmm. talk about that in a second. But like, as soon as we get excited about something that could look like fear, right? Because the fear can come up of, oh my God, I'm excited about this thing, but I'm not good enough. Like it's not going to happen. Right. And so then the fear is this, like, usually I'm not good enough. It's this untaught, like instinctive reaction that we go to. And then we start worrying about it, right? Because the thought just then starts spiraling out of control and then it becomes worry. And then when we worry too much, it then becomes like overwhelm of, oh, I don't have the tools to handle what it is that is coming at me. And that's what stress is. The perceived thought that like we don't have the tools and the ability to do what is asked of us. Then you have anxiety, which different than say like actual anxiety disorders and things like that. I don't want to downplay those is like anxiety is unwarranted fear. Mm -hmm. So like thinking that like, um, like, like there's an actual threat with fear that goes back to our fight, flight or freeze. Like, Oh, there's this animal chasing me. I either need to like play dead, fight back or run away. The anxiety part is, the way to deal with that is, is this actually true? Like the thing that I'm thinking, it tends to be us projecting in the future a lot or thinking about something we did in the past. Like, so where it comes up for me a lot is I get really anxious after I send an email and I don't hear back in what I think is like the right amount of time. <laughs> 
Um, and then I start rereading the email over and over again, being like, oh, this is why they're not responding. And it's because of this one word. Why did I do that one word? Oh my gosh, now they're, they're, I'm not going to get that client or they hate me. None of that is true. <laughs> right. And like, that then becomes worry and then I become stressed out, right? So it's actually being able to figure out in this roadmap of life where you can put roadblocks and acknowledging where an anxiety thought or a fear thought is spiraling out of control into worry and then feeling overwhelmed. Um, and then you have, because what happens is you have this perceived threat, right? That's the stressor. Your body goes through that biological response of fight, flight, or freeze in that response, your hormones like break everything down. So you can only focus on the threat, right? So like, that's where we get like the cortisol and the adrenaline to do things, but we cannot see anything else because we want to just get rid of this threat. We need to get to the other end of it, allow all of those, those um, um, emotions, which I always call energy and motion, right? So if, if we're not acknowledging our emotions, they're going to get stuck in our body, which is stressful, but we want to allow that cycle to finish so that we can release that and see that there's so many other opportunities. If we don't do that, then we have an outcome, which is called a strain, which can be like backaches or migraines, or, oh my God, I have to just take a nap, or we blow up at somebody or things of that nature. And it's because we haven't allowed the stress response to fully go away after we've dealt with whatever this threat is. So it's a lot, it's a holistic way of dealing with it too, because it, there's a lot of mindset shifting. There's a lot of physically getting like your breath involved so that you can stop. And, and this is all stuff you can do because of, we now know through neuroplasticity and all that research that we can actually rewire our brain mm -hmm. so that when that perceived threat comes, our instinct isn't to fight, flight, or freeze, but our instinct is to take a breath know that we have options, and then actually choose how we want to respond to it. Wow. And I know you have a workbook that really uh, talks about different practices that people can kind of navigate through to help them deal with stress. So for those who don't have your workbook and who should maybe get it, <laughs> what are some yeah. of those practices? What are some of those things? I know people always say, wake up, you know, an hour early and meditate or do this and do that. Sometimes we just don't have time. You know, we have to go to work. We have to take care of children mm -hmm. and different things like that. So what are some um, time efficient practices that you have that can help people with this? Yeah, great. So I love that you brought up the workbook. Um, and so that actually came out of all my research for my thesis. I created this workbook that was really a way to do exactly what you're saying. You know, like we don't all have 45 minutes at lunch to be able to do an entire yoga class and then go back to the office when we were in a physical office and, you know, not be sweaty. Right. So what are practices that we can do? So the workbook is set up that each practice can take anywhere from one to 10 minutes. And you could always take longer if you want. And it tells you up there. Um, I also put them into seven different categories. So it's three weeks, it's 21 days. Um, and if you started say like on a Monday, every Sunday would be a breath one. Every Monday would be a mind one. I don't even remember how the, the sequence goes, but there's seven categories. So you have breath, you have mind, you have body, you have creativity, you have visualization, you have values. Um, I always forget the last one, but, um, but there's, there's seven categories and three tools in each of them. So you know, something just like um, a breath exercise. I think the first one I teach is uh, is like a four-part uh, square breathing. And just like this idea of inhaling for four, 
pausing at the top for four, exhaling for four, and pausing at the bottom for four. And you can actually add a visualization in there of like imagining your breath also creating you know, that square. So like, that's one example. Um, the creativity part is actually really, um, a key component to releasing stress because when you're stressed, you're like this, like physically like this. So you can't flow. Right. And so I fully believe that we are all artists and creative beings and it's just about reigniting that artist within. So, you know, one of the ways I say is, um, you know, coloring like adult coloring books, like, some people like, like, oh my God, that sounds so dumb. No, like literally take five minutes. You can print them online, offline. And like, <laughs> just the idea of like it getting helps. to, ch- yeah, they're so great. And like getting to choose what colors you want to do. And like the physical act of doing something, it just, it helps you clear your mind, especially if you're finding stress because you have to solve a problem, right? Mm-hmm. We never solve problems really well when we're fully stressed out. So doing something like that, it lets, lets your mind go away. And so then all of a sudden in that creative moment, you can be more um, critically minded. All of a sudden different ideas come up because the options arise because you're not in that catabolic energy state anymore. So I love what you're doing on social media and we'll make sure to put um, all your information out there so people can follow. Um, Hashtag 25 days of you. I love that. Talk about that. Yeah. So you know, it just kind of came to me over Thanksgiving, actually. And, you know, I was like, oh, the 25 days of Christmas, or people do 12 days of Christmas, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I want to be able to provide something for my followers that will be engaging, kind of similar to the stress management thing, where if you don't, don't have to take a ton of time, as well as educate them on something else. And so, I was like, Oh, what if I did like a 25 days of you, like you put yourself first, like the whole idea of like, put your own mask on before you put someone else's like oxygen mask on. And we forget that, right. And especially around the holidays, especially this year, like just so much. Right. So what could I do? And I always start with the breath. So that was always the first one. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to come up with 24 more things. And I was like, wait a second. And so if people are not familiar with the VIA character strengths, they are like foundational to positive psychology, which is a big part of my practice um, and the research that I do. And the 24 character strengths, uh, we all have access to them. You can take a free um, assessment online and it'll tell you what your top ones are, but we all have access to all of these. And the more that we can engage with them, the research has shown that like the better well-being we have, the more purpose we feel, the meaning we feel, connection and just overall well-being and happiness. So I was like, what if I just connect that to it? So each of um, the 20, the rest of the 24 days after the breathing one is each of them is um, one of the character strengths. I tell you a little bit about it. I give you the little mantra from the via character strength website And then I talk a little bit about it and then ask you some questions on how you can engage with it um, in, in your life, you know, even if it's for five minutes. So like specifically today was about forgiveness, right? And so how can we practice forgiveness, not only for people, other people, but really also for ourselves, because sometimes we're the hardest on ourselves, like I've said before. And, you know, it's also a way for people to engage and celebrate each other. So in it, I have, I say, you know, tag me and say what you did and, Um, because I also love to hear the different ways that people 
engage in something because I don't have all the answers either. Um, and then to make it even more fun, you know, every it, for every tag you do, you get entered into a raffle. And at the end, I'm going to pull a name for um, one of the things that I offer in my, my coaching program is a thing called the Energy Leadership Index Assessment. And it really um, shows you how you're showing up in the seven levels of energy currently in your life, both on like a regular day and then when you go into your stress reaction. And it's designed to help you empower you on where there are places of development and growth for you so that you can show up to your life consciously and embodied and engaged rather than the energies dictating you. So I'm going to gift that to one lucky winner, um, as well as a debrief session with them. So they'll get the assessment and, um, a debrief session with me. So it was a fun way to kind of like connect what's going on right now while also giving back. And I just loved putting it together. And so that's how I know that it's a thing that I, that, that feels good for me is when I have fun putting it together. So. absolutely. And it reminds me real quick of, um, the, the 25 days reminds me of something I saw on social media. It's an acronym fly first, love yourself. So Ooh, um, I love that. Yeah. So just being more mindful. Or from an empty cup. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's True. amazing. Um, you hit on some really key things and talking about showing up, being empowered, taking up space. How do we do that? I know that I was talking to a mentee of mine the other day and she said, how do I, how do I show up? How do I show up empowered and confident? And for me, I just said, well, I think it, it comes with age and experience, you know, because of those things, you have the confidence to do that. But how would you tell someone to really be able to show up and to show up empowered with confidence? Mm. Yeah, those are great questions. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the commitment to yourself to want to understand how you're currently showing up and then to do the work, the, the persistent intentional practices and work to be able to reshift some of your patterns, right? So like whether anyone wants to believe it or not, you're practicing habits every day. And they may be ones, and I don't like to say good or bad, they may be ones that are facilitating to you and they may be ones that are debilitating to you. In that are beliefs, right? We all grow up with beliefs that, that we've just soaked up from around us, whether it's from family, from schools, from friends, environments, and all of that. And it's about at some point going, oh, wait, does that belief still resonate with me? And many of those beliefs got us to where we are and how and where we are in our life and successful in our life. And so they were helpful. And then it's about questioning, are they still helpful? And if they're not, how do I want to change it? And so that's where like doing the like reflective work is really important in that. And, and one of the best ways to do that, because sometimes people don't even realize that their mind is going or that they're just on autopilot, Right. And you can't figure that out until you get quiet. And that's where like breathing comes in or mindfulness or meditation and the non-judgment of self and then being like, okay, I want to move forward in this. And so the more that you can become clear on what may be dictating you and being able to become the observer of it, right? Like I always say, like the movie observer of it, then you have more power because you have more choice you get to see that that's not the only way you can do something. There are so many other ways. 
And which one do you want to choose? And then it's just trusting yourself, right? Um, and and when you fail, because we're all going to fail, not being like, oh, God, I'm terrible. That was the worst decision, but being like, oh, what did I learn from that, right? So really having that growth mindset of what did I learn from that? Acknowledge that the failure might have hurt and it's frustrating and all of that. Acknowledge those emotions. And now how can I take what I learned from that when I go and choose the next step or the next option? So it's really about awareness. That's good. Yeah, love that. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, We have a question that we ask all of our guests in the ladies' room. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, it's a great question because I ask this to especially my students. Um, What would I give to my younger self? Never stop dreaming. And if these dreams are coming back, that means that there's something there. And so take the leap and continue to follow them. Mm. That was a word, like a whole... Can you repeat that? Seriously. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) For the people in the back. I don't even... (laughs) Yeah. So never stop dreaming. Um, Because if those dreams keep coming back to you, there's a reason and a meaning there. And so to continue to follow them. And I'll add something now that I just said it again. And don't be so attached to the outcome of it, right? That the following of the dream is is the fun part. And it is fun. (laughs) So have fun with it. Oh, I love that. That literally blessed me. You don't even know. We, you and I are going to have to talk one-on-one. I need, I need your help. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> well, Stephanie Sims, oh, real quick, how, where can people find you? Yes. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, Stephanie Simpson Coaching, it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-S-I-M-P-S-O-N. It's the same on Instagram. I believe it's the same on LinkedIn. My website is www.stephanie-simpson.com. And then you can DM me in all of those. My email is just stephanie at stephanie-simpson.com. So um, any and all of those ways uh, you can find me and reach out. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. Definitely um, help me. <laughs> Thank yes. You. This Thank was you a whole life uh, therapy session. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle on air TLR. And of course, if there's a lady you want us to interview, let us know. We'll chat again soon in the, the ladies room. room.